the madhouse. Cheers to episode 20 fun. Cheers. Cheers. I hate myself for saying 20 fun there. I didn't even plan to do that. Uh, I made a uh, martini for this show. I have the classic bush latte. Uh, I'm disappointing. I'm not drinking again. Sorry. Well, someone's got to get us home. <laughs> yeah. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got it. We are recording this. We, rec- we are recording the number one podcast in Michigan. <laughs> in the world. Uh, at 7.19 p.m. on Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. And Evan... Contain yourself. Casey Mize is an ace. As of today. I've been saying it all along. I've been saying it all along. Alex has doubts. Alex has doubters. And then he's out there. Seven and two thirds. Seven strikeouts. Only gave up three hits. He managed to get off my field. Wow. Holy shit. That one out of the gym. Can I just say that Grant also was like slightly skeptical? I just felt like that was more of a personal attack on me, Evan. Not exactly. Oh, it was. It was a personal attack on you because your comments like has stuck with me ever since you said it about Casey Mice. And every time he goes out there, I just want him to prove you wrong. Well, on that note, I want to give um, my, you know, we talked about our worst sports takes. I forgot to mention one. <laughs> um, I said at the beginning of our podcast, whenever we started, you know, 21 episodes ago, that the Detroit Tigers have the best chance to make the playoffs of any of the rebuilt teams. And I just realized that. So you guys should have called me out on that. But here we are, calling myself out. Well, they definitely don't. No, they don't. I just It's interesting that your comments about Casey, Casey Mize are just infiltrated Evan's body like a rash. You can't get rid of him. <laughs> I'm a nasty poison ivy on Evan right now. Itchy. Scratches Casey Mize. <laughs> um, no, but yeah... I, and to be fair, credit to me for coming up with a positive thing to say. Credit to you. What I had written there in that um, slot in my notes was, and I am depressed about Detroit sports, which is still true because, I don't know, it was like we talked about the playoffs and how we we're going to pick our fun new team. Shout out the Grizzlies wearing a Grizzlies shirt today. It'd be, you know, but then the playoffs start, and then I don't know about you guys, but I just get kind of depressed the first night of playoffs when you realize you don't really care about any of these results deep down. Like you can try to pretend, get into storylines, pick players in the NBA you want to root for, but like at the end of the day, I really don't don't care that much because there's no Detroit teams in it. It's sad. It's certainly very sad. But something that I've grown so used to, I I barely <laughs> even notice. So it's sad, but you know. We're built strong for this. There was a- every playoffs. Every playoffs, we just sit there and we're like, wow, it would be cool if we'd be cheering for our team right now. And then you just plug in, oh, the NHL playoffs are on. Oh, it would be cool to cheer for the Red Wings. Plug in NBA, and it would be cool to see the Pistons in the playoffs. <laughs> and then you just rinse and repeat with every sports season. No joke. I actually think about that that exact thought once per game I watch. I'm like, wow, imagine if that was LCA and it was full. I think about how awesome LCA would be full of people at least once a month. And I don't know when I'm ever going to see it. Like with playoff towels being being swung in the air, I just I can perfectly envision how loud it would be and how cool it would be. And we just haven't gotten it yet. So Well, we, we took this year off on purpose because of the lack of fans. So we, we just chose not to make the playoffs. I like that spin a lot. Yeah. 
Shout out to us. Because like we we know that there's no point if we can't do it for the city. Yeah. You know? For the three one three. Yeah. Well, besides sports, there. Um, what is new in Alex? What is new in your life? Um, what's new? Played golf yesterday. Stunk. Speak up. Played golf yesterday. Stunk. Don't want to talk about it too much. Just had a rough round. Shot of forty five. Some people are forty six. Hit a shot off the tee that went six feet. Did you take your pants off? The ladies' tee joke made it past the women's. Really? It did by about a yard and a half. Had four doubles. You know, can't be good every week. So that's uh, that's what I did at golf. Since you want those weekly check-ins, and really my life's imploding because my my soccer team's star player is uh, wants to leave. So there's not much going on that's good. It's all depressing. What a move by you to steal my thunder, making fun of you for that by by saying it first. Yeah, well, it's my team, not yours. Evan, what's new with you? Uh, like Alex as well, um, had golf like last night, didn't do too hot, but my handicap isn't like I'm not as good a golfer as Alex. I'm willing to admit that. Um, so I shot the same score, 46, but I would say my, like I was thankful to shoot 10 over. Because it could definitely have been like twenty over for the way like my, there was like four holes in there like get off the golf course Evan. <laughs> um, finished strong, so I was happy about that. You know, you always finish the last couple of holes. You're like, wow, I can't wait for next round. That's what golf does it for you. It really does. Um, and then this weekend, you know, had another baseball tournament. Came out guns blazing on uh, Saturday, two and zero. The two seed going into Sunday, thinking, you know what, this is it. We're playing better. Played great on Saturday. Sunday hits, boom. No. What? Don't what kid happened? yourself. Don't kid yourself. Uh, we went oh one barbecue on Sunday in bracket play. Barbecue. Lost the first game. So we were the two seed. So we lost to the seven seed. It wasn't pretty game. Let's just say it that way, and let's just say that we beat this team three weeks ago, eighteen to two, and we got mercyed. So a classic. Um, thought you got a little too big for your britches. The kids did. So you got to work on yep. humbling these kids, and hopefully that game did it. Yeah. So uh, my uh, Sunday ride home was a little a little sad from Owasso. Owasso. Your your kids thought they were the Yankees going to play. Like the Minnesota Twins in the playoffs. Like, oh, we always beat this team. That's just what we do. And no. Brian Dozier hits a home run. Brian Dozier went to yard against you guys. <laughs> um, me. What's no, no, me? no. Grant, what's new with you? Thank you. You're welcome. I'm sick at golf now. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to talk about that. That's just not accurate. Not actually true, but, well, can't confirm. But it's kind of fair to say we don't know. How? I think we should start by saying to power rank the golfers, it goes me, Evan, and then Grant is like a, a very far away last. Yeah, it's like, like that, it's not um, very close. It's that scene from Moneyball that gets skipped out a lot. Like there's there's the Yankees, there's this team, there's a bunch of pile of crap, and then there's us. Like in terms of spending money, and then I'm like down there when it comes to golf ability. But now he's tied but, to us. But I would say my stock's trained up. Had a range session the other day. Went to the range with Alex. He was like, eh, messing with my swing. I wasn't swinging well. There's no denying that. He was like, hey, put your feet like really close together. Just simplify the swing. Work on the upper body. I was like, all right. Felt really awkward. Like, didn't love that. He's like, well, you could also spread your feet way apart. I did. And I felt athletic playing golf for the first time in my life. 
went with a really wide stance, almost like if you were sitting down like in a stance guarding someone in basketball. And I don't know what happened. It was just like consistent contact. Um, I, I should say that this was off of a turf mat, which I think makes your swing way better. Like your, your contact's way more consistent. I'm sure when I get out on grass, I'll be duffing shots left and right. But I think there might be something there where spreading like with a wide stance, you feel more athletic and you kind of shorten up your backswing. There's less error there. I think I might be onto something to potentially break 100. Like, let's not get crazy. We're not talking about monumental things here in golf. We're talking about getting below 100. That's my golf journey this summer. Grant still can't putt, but I will say <laughs> when he was doing this power stance, it just reminded yeah. me of like a power Miguel Cabrera or Prince Fielder just hitting bombs. He was really nuking golf balls. We'll see about the aim. We'll see if it translates to grass, but you know, big improvements, big improvements. You still have a lot of strokes on him, though, so don't worry. Don't hate me up too much with uh, or don't comment at it. Miguel Cabrera, cross fielder, because that makes it sound like I was. Well, they're not golfers. Launching they're missiles. baseball players. Similar swing, though. No. And then last but not least, you have to say it. Like I know it's cheesy small talk, but the weather has been gorgeous in Michigan. So shout out to our state for the weather. Oh, and don't have to wear masks in the gym anymore. Breaking news crazy. two hours ago. Not a big deal about the gym thing. I know it's kind of a hard to move there, but like <laughs> it was banana land being able to take off your mask. I felt like I was naked, like I was undressed. Like it felt super weird walking around, breathing other air. Realize how bad the gym smells again. Like it was musty in here. It was awesome. All the faces that I saw for the first time today without masks, it was eye-opening. I didn't know what these people looked like, and now we do. Crazy. Evan, have you had your first masked-off experience yet in society? Uh, no. I work outside, so I don't have to wear it. And then when oh. you go inside, still put it on. Um, you know, I try to be a nice citizen, so I don't get called out. But, you know, I'm fully vaxxed, so... Uh, what yeah, do you mean? I haven't had it yet. I haven't had that experience, and I can't wait for it. Topic number one, the Detroit Lions. No, quickly, you can't steal the thunder. Um, for those that don't know and don't care, I root for Manchester City. We talk about that a lot. Evan roots for Chelsea. Alex roots for Tottenham in the Premier League. And Alex is best player on his team. Second best, maybe best player in the Premier League right now. Best player in the whole entire league. Don't need to get in that, but potentially second best. So for those that actually do follow soccer, don't take us like stupid. Um, he wants to leave his team, and he made it known today. And there's hot rumors in the streets that Evan's team and my team are the top, basically two contenders, along with a couple others, for him. They both want to spend a lot of money. Harry Kane is his name, the player that wants to leave. He wants to stay in the Premier League because he's an England guy. He doesn't want to go um, international. So there's a good chance he ends up staying in the Premier League. And if he does, the odds of it going to Evans or I team are like 75%. So it's just kind of funny in one sport, Alex's team is imploding. And Evans and I team are also playing, not to go over Shad, who cares about Harry Kane? They're playing in the biggest game of the year thus far on May 29th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Can't wait. Champions I think we Bayern. should just say really quickly, I've seen nothing about Harry Kane to Chelsea. Oh, oh, it's, oh Also, yeah. oh, Harry yeah. Kane is under contract for three more years. And the, I don't know what they call them in soccer, GMs. They don't call them that. They call them something else. Your owner. Whatever. Viceroy. I don't know what they call them. 
But he said he will not be sending Harry Kane to another Premier League team. That's like kissing your sister. Why would Again, you do that? But, like, no one really cares about the nitty-gritty details here. But, like... I'm just telling you that team. so you know that it's there is not a 75% chance yeah, but, that he's going to be at Man City. Then we could just go back and forth with the rumor mill of the rumors I've heard that that seemed to be pretty true. Come home, Carrie. Harry. <laughs> Cut that. Oh, that's so much more awkward. It's so that. weird. For those, that's my mom. For those that know, no. But for those that don't know, they won't get that joke. I don't think we cut it. I don't know. I didn't. It was you a, said my mother's was, name. Well, now everyone knows. But for the people that didn't know that, they wouldn't have thought that was just funny. Now you made it weird. No, I think it's there. I meant to say Harry. Hey, this is where we do this new thing where I preview what to come on the show. All right. The Detroit Lions are topic one. Our coach went on a podcast. It's very well listened to. We're going to get into that. Lions also held their rookie camp. Awesome stuff. Love the rookies. They get you hyped. Topic two, the Pistons and the Red Wings. Their season's both ended. So, right, rightfully so, we're going to give them their love, even though they didn't have great seasons. Uh, we're going to have a fake award show, hand out meaningless awards that we've made up in our own heads to players on both those teams. And then also to get on that playoff action that we were talking about at the top of the show, we will give you our favorite playoff moments um, from those teams from our lifetime. Alex will give his hot rumor mill segment of the week, about 15 seconds long, and then Evan and I will probably react to it um, if it interests us. Topic three, a little bit of horse racing and golf. We'll call it the fringe sports segment. You know, not the most talked about sports, but we're going to give them some love here because they are kind of hot in the streets right now with the PGA Championship and we're in the middle of triple crown season with a lot of controversy in horse racing, which is crazy. And then lastly, we have our quick questions topic that we're throwing in. We have two questions to answer from the listeners and uh, looking forward to that. So without further ado, Let's get into the Honolulu Blue. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I'm on a roll right now. The Detroit Lions, the team that brings this city the most hope, the most joy, the most suffering, the most pain. And just when you think we'll go a week with, like, nothing to talk about about these guys, our head coach, our fearless leader, Dan Campbell, Dan Talica, Dan Tara, Dan whatever rock band you want, went on part of my take. Probably the the biggest sports podcast in the world. Um, our previous coach had gone on this podcast. Um, the one who shall not be named, the poncho wearing guy, as Evan likes to refer to him as, which I laugh every single time I hear that. I will just open this up to you guys as wide as you want to go. What did you guys think of the interview? I was scrolling through Twitter. The I think dark it was web. Sunday night. Just laying in dark web, just laying in bed, and all of a sudden, I just kept on seeing a picture of Dan Campbell with his long hair just on my feed. <laughs> For some reason, I wasn't like paying attention to like why or what, but it was the podcast dropping, instant download Monday morning. Listen to it while I was at work. It was fantastic. Dan kind of beats around the bush for some topics that uh, that big cat. PFT uh, uh, at home, but he also tell he also says Eric multiple times, yes. and just completely butchering the names. And then the memes that I saw today about it, oh my gosh, hilarious! Um, the big one everyone's seen is that Dan Campbell wants a pet lion, just mm-hmm. walking around the uh, Lions facility. Awesome. And then oh, Big Hit always asks every NFL coach that they interview. Uh, analytic question. So you're down 14, mm-hmm. four minutes left in the game. Do you go for two? Analytics always say, yes, you go for two. 
And Dan was just so totally against it. Like, why go for two? I'd rather kick a field goal and then have a chance to win the game with a two-point conversion. And Big Cat was just ripping into him like, no, you're wrong. No, you don't know what you're doing. Analytics doesn't say no. And then they are just kind of like get them like back on their side. Like, oh, but that's Danalytics or that's Manalytics to not go for two. Um, And then he's just, I guess, he lost on an appendix surgery. Had appendix burst on a plane. Yeah, crazy, <laughs> wild, wild. <laughs> and then like Big Cat was trying to be like, dude, that's a man thing. And then Dan was just like, no, nah, no big deal. It happens to a bunch of people every year. It's okay. It's like, no, dude, you took medicine just to, like to sleep it off. Like people don't just do that. Yeah. No, he really. Yeah, he said he tried to sleep it off. Uh, no, yeah, he came up with like a bunch of ways where he thought it would just go away, and then eventually he had to get taken out, and it was crazy. He also told another uh, his other plane story, which is just so perfect. Dan goes with the long hair that when he grew out his long hair, like the most Dan thing ever, that he just didn't really wash it or take care of it. <laughs> and a guy walked by him on the plane, a player, and he thought the guy smelled walking back, but it was just like the breeze that was created from that guy walking past him of his own hair. He's like, oh gosh, my hair stinks. I better take care of this. <laughs> and it's funny though that he still has that urge to grow back out the long hair. Uh, I think we can save that. I don't really want him to do that with his coaching because our last coach kind of got made fun of a lot for his physical appearance. So I think we just stay for away from that reasons, one. Yeah, no, I think we just stay away from that. We don't want ponchos. Indoors. Indoor ponchos. And wore a pencil in his ear um, when he wrote on laminated sheets. Well, he works for NASA. That doesn't really make sense. It never will. Uh, my thoughts, I mean, you guys took a lot of the entire thing. I thought... Well, I guess I'll just jump into your next little thing you put in the notes. Um, I thought he was significantly better than when Matt Patricia was on part of my take. I remember that interview vividly, and it was horrible. Matt Patricia wouldn't, like, joke around. He wouldn't say anything. He just saw, like, coach speak. And if you guys have ever listened to part of my take, I'm sure you have. It's, like, the top podcast in sports for, like, the average listener. They're super funny guys. And so then for Matt Patricia just to be all like, you know, zip it shut and be annoying, not surprised. So I'm glad Dan Campbell showed a little more of his uh, personality. But I also thought that he would be more like the guy in the press conference. But I think you can tell from that interview that he doesn't like the uh, kneecap jokes anymore. I think he's getting pretty sick of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like he's done with those. But he also set himself up for that. And I also thought it was super uh, funny when he had to actually – says people have been asking him, like, you know, you could get a personal foul, 15-yard penalties for biting kneecaps. And Dan's like, yeah, no, I obviously know that you guys can't do that. Yes, I understand. So I, you could tell he was a little annoyed by the kneecap comments. So I thought that was funny. Back to Evan's point about the name thing. He's, like, the only podcast guest, I think, in PNT history that, like, called them Eric and Dan the whole time. And in a weird way, it was like kind of funny, but also like a, they were laughing after the interview about how like PFG just got absolutely alphaed by Dan by just letting him call him Eric because no one calls him Eric. I'm guessing like probably in the emails that were sent to Dan about scheduling the interview, the PR person probably said, you're talking with Dan, Big Cat Cats and Eric PFT comments or whatever. And he's just like, I'm going with their first names. And it was hilarious. And they were so intimidated by Dan that they didn't like... Correct him because I was so stunned that PFT was like, oh, Dan, you can call me PFT. Like, you don't have to call me Eric. No one calls me Eric. <laughs> that was hilarious. And then the other two things that stood out to me are the stories 
Oh, before that. Yeah, and as overreaction as it may sound, based on Alex's point, the day that the Matt Patricia interview dropped and I listened to it was the day I was like completely out on him as their coach. And and I probably would have gone back if he was uh if he ended up like winning us a lot of games, like all right, whatever. Like fine, it's kind of funny that he's kind of a uh, dick, I guess, in the in the media. But I remember after that interview of him kind of like belittling them, like they were dumb. And I was like, I do not want this guy as the head coach of the Lions. Like I don't like his personality whatsoever. Because with Belichick, he's kind of earned that right. In Popovich in the NBA, you kind of you kind of build up some cachet of like, okay, you know, I'm like one of the best coaches of all time. You give him a pass for that. Same with Saban in college football. Matt Patricia hasn't hadn't proved anything as a head coach. And he we know he knew about Barstool's humor because he wore the Goodell clown shirt off a plane. Like he knows about Barstool Sports. And the fact he went in that interview, um, like that kind of prickly kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm just glad Dan went the opposite route. But I will say the more and more this kind of goes on with um, I guess just Coach Campbell talking to the media, it's either like he is going to be a coach we love. The three of us love for the rest of our lives and he's like a one in our hearts like yes dan campbell like we won a playoff game with him they carried like he's a coach i feel like at this point that would get carried off the field in a playoff game like by people like levi on michael brockers just hoist him on his shoulders and carry him off like yeah dan or like he's going to be the biggest laughing stock of all time where like they like they're gonna be like i cannot believe they hired that guy who made all these funny quotes and kind of played like the whole home average guy card. I don't see a middle ground really. And I'm kind of nervous about it, but right now I'm hopeful. Um, Cause I think good things will happen, but I guess we will see. What'd you guys think about him saying he's willing to lose his arm to win a Super Bowl? Would you lose your arm for a Super Bowl? If I was a head coach. I, I thought about this. And when Dan said that, I thought I put myself in Dan's body and I'm like, I was thinking he was like, yeah, you know, I only need one arm. I can do everything with one arm. He's like big, tough guy. He probably could go with like one arm, one leg. So I'm not surprised he said that. Personally, I think an arm might be too much. You put yourself in Dan's body. I just imagine myself to be Dan Campbell and how he thinks. And I think, of course, an arm is like nothing to him. But to me, <laughs> to me, that is like, I don't know. I don't know if I would do it. I'm not a head coach in the NFL. I don't have to worry about it. And I don't think Dan really has to worry about it. Unless the new pet lion eats his arm off. So that would be the only way. If you're the head coach of the Lions and yeah. you win a Super Bowl, you're going down in, like, Michigan sports, like, history. Like, people will be writing songs about you. You'll have a statue outside Ford Field for the rest of your life. Guys and like I us think will be getting tattoos on our body. To be that guy, I think it would be worth taking an arm for it. Yeah. He made a good point about when he got older and age is when it would make more sense. Like, yeah, like right now, maybe like give it a couple of years. Maybe, maybe uh, you ride out the golf era, and then if you're desperate, then you say you'll cut off an arm for it. But I'm I'm all there for that. Oh, he also didn't like. Um, he really didn't like when they suggested that he fight Coach Vrabel. He didn't like the whole jokes about fighting other coaches no. in the league, which I wish he would have got. I mean, I don't know. I guess you just you don't want to ruffle any feathers there. But that would have been funny because like he would. Probably, I think we've talked about this. He probably would beat up almost every coach in the league except for maybe Rabel. And he's a big truck driver. They should have gotten into that. But other than that, I didn't have anything else from the podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like our coach. It was another, like, positive green arrow that we're going in the right direction. I guess the last thing I took away from it was actually, like, 
the sports side of it when they asked him about uh, like rebuilding the team and like the coach that he hired and he said now some people might see it as that I'm bringing in guys that could replace me um, with more experience that might know more football than me but he sees it as like a the other side where I'm bringing in all these talented coaches to help build something here. And that's what he promised he would do when he got hired and he developed a very impressive staff staff. And going forward, I think that's only going to help him as he's still a young coach and only has like an interim head coaching experience. And he talked a little bit about on podcast about his, some of his mistakes and he's going to learn from them from that. Yes. I think those points that you made tell me that Dan is not an egotistical guy. He doesn't have a big ego. And if he does, he does a great job of hiding it in the media because he's basically like, you know what? I'm perfectly fine if I feel like the dumbest person in the room. I just want to win and get better. And that's usually a sign of a good leader. So I like that for for us as fans and them and the staff going forward. And speaking of people that are trying to prove themselves in the Lions organizations – the rookies. So I don't know if it's because of this podcast or, or what really, um, but I was more kind of following along with the Lions rookie camp just to kind of see when we had covered the draft and I kind of beca- became more invested in these guys. Definitely because of this podcast. So I was like, oh, I actually know these names now from, from exact draft day and kind of see how they go in the offseason. I don't have a ton here. I'll lead it off for us because I might, I felt pretty passionate about it. I was, and I think Evan will agree. I think the after rookie camp, my only real takeaway is that the Amonra St. Brown hype train is not slowing down for a single person. And uh, I'd like to offer Alex a chance right now if he'd like to hop on. I uh, just think it should be noted that when we talked about this, I said he would start and be a good player for us. So everyone relax. So go great. I'm on the You're going so go great. He'll be great. 750 yards his rookie year. All rookie. All, All rookie, rookie team. team. Yep. Did they do that in the NFL? Yeah. Uh, there are rookie awards. I don't know if they go that far. I'm sure they do. Why not? It's like the biggest league in the world. I think he'll be very good. Great. As If that's what it requires for me to be on the train, I think he'll be great. Evan, did you see the quote about him saying he wants to take someone's job? And what did you think about that? You like that? I read that and I was like, you know what? I knew it. I knew it when we drafted him. I fell in love with him and now I'm even falling more in love with him. He is a guy that's not messing around. He knows his role and what he's about to do. And he doesn't care who's in his way. And I wrote down hashtag he is a lion. He's coming for blood. Even if it's on the same team, he's trying to win a job. He's trying to be better. Did you write down in your notes a hashtag? I wrote lion exclamation point. Why'd you say hashtag? Because hashtag lion, you know. Hashtag lion. In case you want like, to, no, you know, I don't, I do. don't get it, like, but I admire the passion you have for him. And if you guys want a live look in, uh, this is I'll, I'll play pretend here. This is I'm Quintez Cephas. This is my phone, Quintez Cephas's phone. Him reading it here, he sees it come up on his Twitter feed. Amara St. Brown says, "I'm calling for people's jobs." He just slowly goes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> rip to that guy starting job in the slot. I hope they can share time because that means they both be good. But having a rookie come in that the fan base already seems to be way more excited about. And I guess, I don't know, I'd have to go back and watch. But when I watched Quintez see his play, I didn't think he was bad by any means. Like, I don't think it's foregone conclusion that he's getting passed up by St. Brown. But when you have a rookie come in that's not shy and uh, has a good pedigree, 
It should be said in rookie camp they were working him out as a wide, uh, the wide out receiver, the wide receiver. It's kind of tough to explain that, and then the slot receiver. So like your X, you know, not to get into X's and L's, but your X, and then you're kind of Y or Z. He basically played everything, um, probably because it was rookie minicamp, and why not? I mean, Urban Meyer's out here playing his first round running back pick as a wide out the whole camp, so you can kind of do whatever you want. But I wouldn't completely rule it out of him um, just being a slot receiver, but I think that's where he'll be best. And I think one of the Lions beat writers, I wish I knew exactly um, who it was, but they said his route running looked as advertised. Like that was his calling card coming into this, and it looked very crisp. Did you guys have any other takeaways from the Lions rookie camp? Yes. Alex. You wrote it in the notes, but I had it anyways. But So don't think I'm stealing this from you. But I saw that, you know, Mark Brunellis, our backup quarterback this year, is great. I mean, he can sling the rock. Might as well put him in uniform. I mean, he's throwing great, pretty deep balls to the sideline. Well, I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, it's a cat. All right, fine. They were ducks, but whatever. No, it wasn't like him and Randall L. went to a couple of the snaps from what I read. Like, it was this other guy that we have on our staff. I don't know his actual name. I feel like his last name was like Easter or something. He was a quarterback in college, and he was doing the majority of the throwing. Well, the Lions Twitter did put out some of Mark Brunel. And he, he still, you know, throws a pretty ball. Smart. That's definitely going to get some traction. You just put on an old, lovable quarterback, sling it. It's kind, of, it's kind of smart. Like, if you have coaches that can throw the ball, why waste the roster spot in rookie camp on a QB? Look at our smart franchise doing things like that. I do have a question about the Lions for you guys. Okay. Because I just – I haven't seen anything about it. Do you know when their uh, off-season, like, optional workouts start? And is anyone going to those? Because I've seen a lot of other teams around the league are having, like – Everyone come, even though they're optional. Uh, I don't. It's happening. I would say it's happening in a couple of weeks. I don't know the exact dates, but I think most of the NFL is happening in a couple of weeks. And then from uh, per Pat McAfee, um, each NFL team is almost going to start like operating like their own state separate from the NFL. So like the NFL is like the federal government and then each NFL team is like the state government. And so each team might start making their own decisions about like COVID protocol and like stuff like that to where players are still going to come in. And I feel like teams are still going to be like, well, the Patriots are still coming in. All the players are going to come in. So you guys probably should too. Um, and I, I don't think numbers are dropping. Some of the veterans might sit out just because they're veterans and they don't need to. Um, but J.C. Treader, the Players Association Union president, I think is saying that most of the guys are saying that they want Zoom. They want face-to-face, and that's second-year, third-year guys that had both in-person and over Zoom. But I feel like that if you're going in-person, those people are going to – get paid and they have a better shot at probably making the team in person rather than over zoom. Yeah. I don't know if it's changed because of the whole um, CDC recommendation with the fully vax, but there was a lot of buzz in the NFL players association about like, would people report in person for OTAs or did they think it was a health hazard? And I think the lines were involved. They made a statement. I'd have to go back and look about, I try to, I don't know. I don't get too carried away in that stuff, but it is like a very valid point, but look at this show. Like, Look at us seamlessly, Evan, over there, blending politics and sports, comparing the NFL to the federal government. I mean, look at that. What a well-rounded show this is right now. Yeah. 
And I also was going to ask you, you can take this out of the show if you want, but did you see the picture of Mike Davis today on Twitter? The uh, He's now the running back for the Falcons. His legs, massive. Big thighs. Massive legs. Big thighs. I was blown away with his legs. I'll, I'll show you a picture. No, I got this it. Is a grand, this is a grand picture, wasn't it? Last episode, Grant's a big yeah. thigh guy. <laughs> You're a I'll, big thigh guy. Oh, you are. I'll judge these thighs. No, they're thick. Oh, oh they're, it was, they're massive. It was, it was quite the picture. Yeah, he's a unit. <laughs> I mean, those are some thighs. We need to make a clip of me seeing this, like so they can see this picture and my reaction there. That doesn't even look real. No, I was blown away when I saw that picture. Also, it's one of the like swaggier pictures ever. He's just wearing it's a half flat brim forward, sleeves rolled up. No, I don't think Todd Gurley's getting many carries in the ATL this year. RB one, <laughs> yeah, he'll be on my fantasy team. Oh my goodness! Any other last rookie camp observations before we move into our award show? Yes, I'd like two more things. Okay, uh, oh. two rookie tryouts. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of names that stuck out to me. Um, one was Nick Pickett. Uh, he's a safety from Oregon. Funny, and man. since we didn't draft a safety, I feel like he has a chance to make the roster or at least the practice squad. Stick around; you might see him later. And then, since we are in Big Ten country, um, AJ Taylor from Wisconsin also tried out. Small, athletic guy, and I think it never hurts when you have more athletes on your team. We're not like filling those spots with like a backup fourth string linebacker that'll never play. You're kind of trying to fill those positions with like it's a com- competitive battle for those spots like wide receiver and safety are. Sounds like those could be two um, special teams contributors like pretty pretty recently then if they stick around. All right, I like that. You guys ready to hand out some awards? We don't have an award show name for this. Uh, oh, yes, we do. It's the April and the D Awards. Duh. <laughs> These two teams that are in the thick of April in the D. April. April in the D. So again, to uh, kind of talk about it in the preview, this can be as serious or ridiculous as you want. You can backhand insult a player with an award, or you could just full-on praise them with an award. Um, hmm. Do you guys think, for sake of entertainment, we should just bounce back between both teams or just do Pistons and then Red Wings separately? Let's just, just go in the circle like we always do and just let everyone just say whatever they want. Okay. Anything? Yeah, and I'll go first. Okay. And I'm just going to do this to get Evan going. So this is a people pleaser. I'm nervous. Uh, my award is called the Overrated Captain's Award, and it's handed out to Dylan Larkin. Congratulations, Dylan. You did not just do that. Evan, thoughts? <laughs> I'm not commenting on it because I'm only going to get upset and I don't want to say anything personally attacking you for your knowledge of hockey and the situation the Red Wings are in. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to I have you. admittedly Evan, watched you, one Evan, you have to defend your mans. You have to defend them. I wrote it just for you to give the people hope about Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin was injured for like the last... I don't know, handful of games down the stretch. Um, was his production down? Yes. Did the team stink? Yes. So his production is not going to be high because he has no talent around him. Bertuzzi was out for the majority of the season. I mean, the starting line of Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Mantha, Mantha traded. Bertuzzi injured. So then you're filling in those pieces with washed-up veterans. It's not going to pan out. He is the captain of this team. He's from the state of Michigan. He's going to be captain for this team for a long time. Well, question for Evan. It's been on my mind. Okay. It was spurned by a 97-1 conversation I heard. So, two-parter here. Uh, Bruton, 
Or no, two-parter. I was going to make it three, but that's too much to follow. If Jack Eichel becomes a Red Wing. Whoa. Yeah. Let's go there. That's juicy rumor. Um, where do you think would he become our number one center over Dylan Larkin? And would you be comfortable Dylan Larkin giving up the C to Jack Eichel? Captain Jack, as some people call him in the NHL. Uh, first, I don't think it would hurt to have Eichel the first center on the ice because it's just the, the line. You don't start the same line every single time you do matchup situations like that. Two, hockey is a big thing of having like the same guys in the locker room, people that are like veteran presidents, people have been here for a long time, and I don't think Larkin would give it up. And two, I don't think it would be like voted on by like the players and the coaching staff for Larkin to give it up just because Larkin has been there, drafted by this team, lived here, and all like that history like oh he's done it before all right are you willing to die on the dylan larkin horse evan hill um the horse the hill he's on the horse the hill i'm not gonna say yes but he was like the first draft pick that we started to see like a rebuild like the zetterberg datsuk that team was like on the decline. He came and stepped in right away as a 19 year old. And you started to see a shift in talent and that this team needs to rebuild. And he was the first piece of it. And he's been here the longest. Yes. I will die on the Hill. And Roger that. he has sweet YouTube videos. A child. The boss. The boss. Snipes in the basement. Evan, go ahead and hand out your award. And you, it should be said, you can give out an award to the same player that's already been said. So if you really want to like stick up for your man, say best player in the world award, Dylan Larkin, you can do that if you want. No, I'm going to go to the piece, the Pistons and uh, the I'm Hungry Award. Okay. This is shout out to Beef Stew. Yeah. This is you know the nickname? Award. It's probably the best nickname I've heard recently. And the fact that he accepts it. It just makes it that much better. And just going around calling Isaiah Stewart beef stew is fantastic. So the I Hungry Award is the best nickname in Detroit sports right now to Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, not to be confused with the beef stew from the movie Benchwarmers where it's a fart. (laughs) This is a good beef stew. This is like a gritty, wholesome meal. Like those Donovan um, McNabb commercials of Chunky's Campbell Soup with his mom. Like that hearty beef stew. That probably sits in your gut for two days and you just pack yourself with sodium. But it's, it's good nonetheless. My award, uh, my first award, I went straight down the middle acting award show. So this is our best male actor award. And it goes to Blake Griffin for his performance this year on the Pistons. <laughs> pretending at times that he was hurt probably more than he let on. Uh, or not as hurt as he let on. Uh, couldn't really dunk anymore, at least when he lived in the 313. And then he proceeds to go to Brooklyn and look like the most happy go lucky boy in the world. Dunking again, um, throwing behind the back passes, frolicking on the bench, just living it up. I mean, I'm not saying this to, it, I mean, it kind of is a shot at Blake. I like Blake Griffin, so I, I should say that. And I enjoyed his year where he backpacked the Pistons to the, um, eight seed, you know, to get swept, but still it was fun to make the playoffs. So I always like him for that. But I think uh, he'd probably even admit too. I mean, there was that whole, like, we're just going to sit you on purpose. There might have been an embellishment of, of injuries or just not enjoying Detroit. Little James Harden, little page out of the James Harden playbook from Houston. Um, so yes, best male actor will go to none other than Blake Griffin. Well, 
Great. That's great. Thanks. My next award is also to the Pistons, and it's the uh, triple-double award. Shout-out Mason Plumley for doubling his triple-doubles in one season. He career had zero before this year and had two this year. So uh, shout-out Mason Plumley for two triple-doubles. Yes. Shout-out Mason. Not Miles. Not Miles. Mason. I'm going to go to the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. And this is just an award to an award to a lot of guys. It's to the future. So here's to the future to the for future. all the young talent. To the future. I thought it was a all the young talent and uh, our defensive product. Uh, Sedayer, I'm going to always say his name wrong. Um, won the defensive player of the year. I mean, wait, come on, you got to try harder. Isn't it just cider? Isn't it just like apple cider? I, I, I don't know. Sure. I think it's Moritz. Cider. Moritz. It's Moritz. His name, first name is Moritz. So I'm just going to call him by Moritz. Um, he's Cider. a defenseman from Germany. He won Cider. Defensive Player of the Year for the SHL. And so there's a young piece of talent. But to all the talent in the Detroit Red Wings farms system. But specifically you, Saggy. To the future. Evan went so deep on us, he went in the Red Wings farm system for, for his award. That's how bleak the, bleak the current roster is. All right. So me. This one is the award for a guy who I need to be more patient with because of his age, but I just want him to be better faster, and that is Saku Dumbuya. I, I always forget that he's still basically like 19 or 20 years old. We drafted him more than what? It feels like he was 15, basically. Like He was just tiny. Age-wise, not like stature-wise, he's huge. But we can't seem to get this guy to reach his potential, and he showed flashes this year. And I just want to be better faster. For better or worse, I am all in on Saku because the day he was drafted, I was so just tired of the Pistons making bad picks. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try optimism, um, blind optimism. And I said, no matter who this guy is, I'm going to be a big Saku guy for better or worse. So I need him to get better faster. And this is a reminder for people when they get upset with him, like sometimes I do. He's still very young. He can't even legally drink a beer. So we need to give him some time. But with that being said, there's a chance he's not on the team for in the near future. You know, he wasn't a Weaver guy. Um, so we'll see. Grim, Grim Reaver out there just chopping heads left and right like last offseason. We'll, we'll see what happens. Wow. That leads right into my award. Like perfectly. Look at that. Executive of the year, Tory Reaver. <laughs> no, it's the, uh, it's the Grim Reaper award. Oh, I wonder who this could be. It goes to Troy Weaver Weaver for getting rid of everyone in the uh, Pistons organization. Good job, Troy. Except for the trainer, Mike Abdenauer. That guy will never leave. And Dwayne Casey got an extension, so good for Dwayne. So did uh, your uh, your boy, Jeff Blashman. Yeah. Yeah. Different reasons why they got extensions, but yes. So my is to the player I said who, but now I love. Um, And that's Killian Hayes. During the draft... I knew he was one of the top prospects and like fall in that range. But at seven, I was like, are we sure? Are we really sure we want this kid? But now seeing him play, seeing his talent, seeing how he developed over the last year, he is one of the guards for the future for the Pistons. And I'm liking his talent. And we go back and forth and sharing his long passes and assist clips recently. So it only makes you more excited for the future. Oh, yeah. Even if his floor is like a poor man's Ben Simmons, still take that. He's playing great defense. 
He's not filling up points-wise, but there's a place for a guy to be the all-time facilitator on a team. And he's tall enough where he can grab some rebounds, too. I guess I didn't really know where to go with this one. I'm starting. I'm in the freestyle part of my awards. I'm going to go off of Evans with the who, but now I like him and want him to stick around. Frankie Jackson. His name's not Frankie. Frank the Tank. Frankie Jackson. 22 years old. Started six games for us. Played in 40. Shot 40% from three-point range. Yeah, how do you do? We'll take that all day. And this guy's got crazy hair. I watched a YouTube video on a day in the life of him at his house. He lived in Colorado, I think, in the offseason. Or one of those um, winter mountains, like the ones I have in the background. But he's just kind of this weird, not weird, but like calm, into nature, spiritual guy. And he just seems like he's just chill out there shooting threes. So I like him, and I want him to survive the offseason cuts and moves. You guys want me to keep going? You guys, have you don't have to. I have another one. It's boring, but I have another one. Well, if it's boring, don't say it. We we don't want to lose listeners. Well, it's not funny. It was just serious. Okay, sure. Just my rookie there's a place of the for year. that. My rookie of the year goes to Sadiq Bay. Yes. All right, I give Sadiq Bay my uh, whack award. Evan likes that. Go back to the clip yeah. when I made him laugh that one time. I just said whack. The whack. The whack award goes to Sadiq. To Bay. Sadiq. May. Yeah. With co-star Wayne Ellington. Jeremy Grant probably deserves some recognition in the yeah, awards. We just give him, we just give him most improved player. MIP, man. Our personal most improved. He's actually in the league's most improved voting. Probably won't win it. Um, but he, yeah. he he probably deserves some recognition. The thank you for choosing Detroit over Denver award. Jeremy Grant. Thank you, Jeremy. Shout out to you for that. Uh, my next award is Falling Off the Cliff Award. Um, <laughs> Delon Wright. I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the year, um, yeah. back in like the early episodes, we were talking yeah. about how he's just banging threes and like he's on like the trade block. Teams want him. He's this young, young rising star. And then recently over the past couple months, I haven't heard of him. And that could be my uh, poor performance of watching Pistons games down the stretch. I think we traded. Um, I don't even I know if he's in Detroit. I think we did. We did trade him at some point. He's on the Kings. So that's why he did literally fall off cliff into Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. So uh, he gets that reward. So the trade did that you didn't know. Good job of doing your job, Evan. Um, the poor one out for DeLon Wright Award. <laughs> yeah. That's my second to last award. I have – all right. So I, I have I have three left, but I'll just they're, they're quick. You guys don't have to say anything about them. I have to dip into the Red Wings pool because that would be dumb if I didn't. The We Won the Trade Award – to Jacob Brown. Mm, great one. Yeah. Don't watch oh, the- I'm going to be back off of that because okay. I renamed that one. Okay, yes. I had the same thing, same we won. I said, it's no crime when you're stealing from thieves. We walked up to D.C. and said, bring me my money. And uh, we took uh, Ronald from him. And just he's a better player now. Yeah, we did. But RIP our draft uh, lottery positions because Verona was just like, you know what? I'm going to score. And that's all I know how to do. And we're going to win hockey games, unfortunately. Yeah. We're like, we did not, they did not do what the Pistons did. That's for sure. No. Um, my last two Pistons, this one is named the small sample size, but I've convinced myself will be a future all-star award. Goes to Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> Didn't play that many games for us. But the look of this guy, the way he shot from three when he wasn't supposed to be a good three-point shooter, shot 39% from three. How do you do again? Yeah, this guy seems like he could be at the very least an all-defensive player. 
Love that pickup. And then lastly, um, a return to a guy who's no longer on the team. The Greener Pastures Award goes to Derek Rose. Um, we had a fan favorite on our team. He found his Greener Pasture home in the New York Knicks. I could have given that award as well to Blake Griffin, but he had other qualities about him that made for a better award that I gave off the top. So those would be my final two. I think that was a pretty successful award show, you know? Yeah, I think we killed it. Yeah, so there's our <sighs> official bow on their season's ending. Um, well, no, it's not because now we will have to go quickly. Nostalgia for us, you know, because like I said at the top, it stinks watching all these teams. As I'm, we have Indiana, Charlotte in this playing game going on. You just wish even the Pistons were in this game, you know. We could sell ourselves on, hey, look, we got made to the playing game, which is basically the NBA playoffs, a la how Michigan State fans were like, oh, we made the NCAA tournament this year because we played in the first four. You know, it's like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't need to bring that back up, but it just opportunity presented itself. Anyways. Yeah. Alex. What? What's your favorite Pistons playoff moment of all time? My favorite Pistons playoff Of your lifetime, I should say. It feels disingenuous to pick up. Moment we weren't alive for. Entire life is the Tayshawn Prince chase down block against the Indiana Pacers who are playing right now. Chalk, but good chalk. Thank you. The best NBA playoff block in history. No, no doubt. Except it's actually second. I just realized. Because LeBron's chase down block takes the cake. The most important block. That's how you set a careful mousetrap. You let Alex walk right into your trap, and you snap it on his head, and then he tried But he to got out of it out. because he knew. No, you're dead. You ate the cheese. No, I didn't eat the cheese. You ate the peanut butter in the trap. Rats don't eat peanut butter. No, yes, they do. Evan, your favorite Pistons playoff moment of all time to make yourself feel better. I would have to go back, like, seat up yourself. Younger Evan, watching the Pistons. And I'm pretty sure we went on a uh, Eastern Conference Finals run. It were just it was like five or six years in a row. That was just like Conference Finals. Yep, Pistons. Conference Finals. Yep, Pistons. Then as a young kid, you're like, oh, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals again. That was easy because that's all we do. Bam. And then now if you look at it, you're like, we're lucky to win a game. Take me back. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, playoffs. <laughs> and then so it's, it's just like over. So I would say that those championship years, the 04 through 08, um, I didn't want to be basic and just say like a top play. But I do remember just like the hype of Ben Wallace over Shaquille O'Neal. Now that Ben Wallace is in the Hall of Fame, shout out. Shout out him. Um, and him blocking him at the rim was a pretty hype moment. Yes, it, it very much so was. Yeah, he met him right at the summit, as they say. Mine, similar to Evan's. Uh, I guess I'll give a credit to Alex for picking a specific, specific moment. I was thinking, I mean, I was pretty young still when this was all going on. I My takeaway from that whole um, that whole run, that whole stretch, was just the Pistons in pregame introductions. So the best MC in the entire league, the association, as it's called, Mason, a one-name guy, first-name basis. I mean, how many how many celebrities are only known by one name? Not many. Elite, elite people. And Mason is one of them, you know, because he's just one name guy. That's Mason. And back when the finals would have, I don't think they do it now because they play a bunch of different songs in and out of breaks. But back then the finals would just have like one song that they played over and over again to get you ready for the game. In 2004, the Lakers, it was um, 
Let's Get Started by the Black Eyed Peas. And then the year after, it was a Rob Thomas track who slept on. It was like, this is how a heart breaks versus the Spurs, which was actually very fitting for that finals for Pistons fans. Um, but that was a great song, too. And then that would lead you in to Al Michaels, who used to do NBA, setting the stage at the Palace. The fire, if you've ever experienced the fire in the Palace, you never will again. But if you ever did, it would like melt your face off, no matter where you sat. The, the fire they shot out of the top of the backboards was insane. And that would be going on, and you got Mason's all introduction. I won't do it. Maybe if we clip this, we'll put in a little clip of him with all of his intro magic. But just that got you so ready to play him. Not play. Watch a basketball game and wish you were playing and hope they won. Yeah, that just actually made me more depressed saying out loud. This this, this segment backfired. <laughs> so hopefully a big part of this rebound actually that I want is Mason to be in good health and able to do that job for as long as he can. So when we make it back to the playoffs, the finals, he's able to still do it. That would actually be awesome. Full circle, goosebumps on my arms. That would be great. Yeah. So let's switch to the Red Wings now. Alex, your favorite uh, which I think is going to be harder for you and I as non-hockey experts. This is right up Evans Alley. What is your favorite Red Wings playoff moment, Alex, from your lifetime? Well, so this is going to sound – I'm going to make this segment depressing on my answer because it, I, you know, I remember when we won the Stanley Cup. We've won a couple in my lifetime, but I was really only like able to witness it once. Mm-hmm. But what I really remember from all the Red Wings being good was when they uh, – it's more of a sad moment. When they went up 3-2 on the Penguins the year after they won. And I vividly remember game seven. We had a shot late with like one second left. And I just remember I fell to the floor. I'm not like a huge hockey guy. I'm not going to pretend to be. But I was so invested in that series to win back-to-back. And when he didn't score on the very last shot of the game, I just remember I was just like full-blown depression as like a 10-year-old kid. So that's that's what I remember the most. And not even a good moment, just a bad moment. So I'm just, you know, living in the whole Detroit sports fan. We never have anything good to cheer about. But, but they did win a Stanley Cup. And I do remember that. But sadness, I remember the year after more. Sadness and pain play. People will enjoy living through your pain. Um, like Alex, I do remember a lot of the pain moments, um, but I'm not going to go there. You know, you have the Western Conference Finals versus the Blackhawks up two to one. You blow it. Yeah. Um, lose it in overtime, I think, in game seven there. And then this that song that they play. Oh, Chelsea Dagger. Oh, gosh. Every time they score. That's all I got to say that. But I will go to the... 2008 playoffs when we actually won, beat the Guinos, um, and we started that series up to nothing. And I said, you know what? This is easy. The playoffs are easy because that Red Wings team just steamrolled everyone. We faced the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference Finals that year. You wouldn't even remember that, honestly, because it was so bad. Oh, I don't remember that. No. You just play, play the Ducks and the Sharks all the time. <laughs> Sharks a lot. Yeah, a lot. so I'm going to go to the 2008 playoffs. Obviously, we started up to enough to nothing, and then obviously that last play of Osgood diving across the net, trying to save the goal, and it just squeaks by. I just remember that vividly. Yeah, bad. Um, that is actually perfectly done. That that's mine. That like moment, but like that like heart dropping feeling. I think it was. I think we won that series in six though. So like it wasn't. It wasn't like. The worst case, like if you lose, you still get another shot in game seven, but still like 
they're all out pressing in your end, pulling their goalie, and they're just firing pucks on net like we were so when, we, when we lost the next year. And yeah, that shot came from like the side and went right like parallel across the the red line. He's like, oh my gosh, just went right through the crease behind his stick and just went on the other side and time it out and we won. I also remember um, just from that, wasn't the main thing, but I remember the mayors of the city like made a bet for what town would be called Hockey Town. And I think they only made that bet the first year and we won it. So we got to keep being called Hockey Town. I'm not sure if they actually would have changed like the whole name, but I remember there was bets from the mayors of both cities about what, what town would be called Hockey Town after that. And thank goodness we won the first one because that's a pretty cool thing to call call uh, your city when you're rolling in hockey. And we'll be back sometime soon. Playoff hockey, just uh, one last note, is terrifying to watch. Hits a different, yeah, as the kids awesome. say. I haven't experienced it in a lot. No. We will do a vlog in person for a playoff game when the time comes. Of course, of course. Yeah. Get our towels ready. Alex. Are you ready for what's next on the show notes? Yep. The Alex rumor Alex's mill. rumor mill segment of the week. So I just want to preface this that it's not always Don't sports. Preface. It's not always going to be sports. All right. Now I'm intrigued. What is this about? This week's rumor. So the rumor actually came about a month ago. And then yesterday at golf, something sparked my memory that this rumor could still be coming true. The golf course yesterday did not have Bush Light. And I was told a month ago that there was a chance that Bush Light was getting discontinued. So now my hot rumor of the week is Bush Light may be on its way out and Evan might cry. Panic button. Um, I'm simply going to deny, 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 deny. Um, glove don't fit, don't acquit. I did not. Have uh, you know what with that beer? Um, you better start stocking up, Evan. The nectar of the gods sure, will not die because it's top ten beer of all time. Top ten. And Give so, it some more credit, Evan. It's number one for you. Uh, yeah, number one for me. But I'm saying, like worldwide, it's a top ten. Objectively. <laughs> oh, um. So you know what is dead may never die. Um. I'll keep on giving you to some like, one liners and just. Until deny, deny, I'm, deny. No, I'm right. I will. Like, there's like doomsday preppers for when the world's gonna end when zombies come, and there's Evan who needs to start doomsday prepping for Bush like to supply. Like, some Bush people right now think there's a gas shortage, and they're filling up um like gallons of like gas for themselves at the pump. Evan's just gonna be walking out of every gas station and grocery store in the southeast Michigan area with 24 packs of Bush Light. I would. He might actually start taking his own gas cans and filling them up. <laughs> he goes to the store, starts cracking all the cans and dumping them in the gas cans and walks to the checkout counter like, I'll take these, please. Like, Sir, I don't know how to ring those up for you. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, you're really going to do having dirty in the rumor mill segment like that. Yeah. Oh, God. All right, let's get into two, two kind of lighthearted not as serious ones, not really super Detroit specific to uh, close out the show here. Two more segments, but this next one has two sports intertwined. I wanted to briefly, this is more selfishly, I wanted to talk a little bit about horse racing in the show, but not actually about like the sport, the sports. I don't really care. I just enjoy the pomp and circumstance of the races, all the drinking and dressing up. Oh, it's, it all seems really fun to me. 
but they've having their, like their main scandal right now where like the most historic the Bill Belichick, a horse racing trainer, um, drugged up his horse that run the Kentucky Derby, uh, which is the first part of the Triple Crown, and the Preakness was just ran this last weekend, and the Belmont comes up I think in like two two weeks from now, whatever around there. But the best thing about horse racing, in my own opinion, is the funny horse racing names that exist for for all of them. Um, and I just think it'd be so cool, kind of like how people name boats. So it'd be so cool to name your own horse one day. So I wanted to throw it out to us to see if anyone came up with something uh, kind of funny for their horse racing name or interesting. If not, that's okay as well. We'll just like say our names and if they stink, we'll just move on. But uh, does anyone feel confident in the horse name they may have came up with that they want to lead off the show? I put six seconds of time into my horse name, so no, I'm not confident. Right. So you don't want to? No, I can. Do you want me to? Yeah. Uh, my horse name is going to be Fogo de Chow, the popular steak restaurant. Why? I don't know. It just has a great ring to it. And it sounds like a horse. I don't know. Fogo de Chow. Kentucky Derby winner, Fogo de Chow. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of funny. I thought of two just kind of on the spot now. Uh, so I'll throw out one of them and let Evan go in, in the middle of that. And I also have one for you guys that would be all time, but I would never be able to do it. Oh, no. With payments, payroll, banking, and live bookkeeping, QuickBooks is your small business's new recipe to success. Slogging out. Man, autoplay Dude, ads. look at those thighs. So, oh, yeah, the Mike Davis picture came up again. So my first horse name, uh, it would have to be like a – it had to be like a darker shade of brown color horse or light brown because it has to fit the name. It would be named Barbecue Chicken. And I wouldn't I wouldn't spell it all the way out. I would just do BBQ. C-H-K-N. Yeah. BBQ Chicken. Yeah, that would look really good. And you just call it – when you pronounce it, you say Barbecue Chicken. I just think the announcer going, Barbecue Chicken wins the Kentucky Derby would just be hilarious. Barbecue Chicken and bow in a shower neck and neck. <laughs> Um, my horse name, I try to go the funny route, um, you know, something I say often. Uh, so my horse name is going to be Bottom Feeder. <laughs> uh, That's funny. That is really funny. <laughs> you know, I just think of like the times like you hear like the announcers calling the no-named races. And I think Bottom Feeder would fit in very well. Especially when bottom feeder's coming down the last stretch. Yeah. But here comes yeah. bottom feeder. Pick, picking a name that would like be hilarious for the actual person announcing to say out loud is like definitely, I would say, 85% of the battle in picking a horse name. My last one that I would do, um, just a sentimental one for, for the state if the horse was like raising Michigan. I think naming your horse Pure Michigan would be awesome. Just like lame. It would just be like... A nice sense of pride for the state if the of a horse named Pure Michigan won the Kentucky Derby when they say that out loud. I'd call my other horse Burt Cheddar. That feels like a remix off of Barbecue Chicken. No, it's because uh longtime guest Cody, my roommate, Cody McCrate, he uh, told me I smell like Burt Cheddar once, so uh, I would name a horse Burt Cheddar. And you were roasting me for potentially having hygiene problems because of rats, and you smell like Burt Cheddar. No, it was our microwave, but he claimed it was me because he thought it was funny. What about um, just money's obviously gambling is a huge thing in racing. I think show me the money, that quote from Jerry. It's got to be a horse. Show me the money would be a great horse name. Money maker, like the Ludacris song. Dollars with a Z. Now, can you guys, I'll give you one guess each of the horse that I thought of kind of immediately, which is scary, and just how much real estate it, it has in my brain to this day. 
that I would think would be a no-brainer for you guys to name your horse? Sticky Ricks. No, but I love that. That might be my new – that might be one C for naming my horse. Sticky Ricks. What is it? Or just Sticky Rick. And I'm going to guess. The, what is it? No, you have to guess. Sparty Party. No, I, if I were you guys, I would name my horse Trouble with the Snap. Oh. I think that would be a sweet horse name. Because be. any Spartan fan that was watching the race would know. Be like, if you know, you know. And then let's have Sean McDonough do the race now. Yeah. That actually would be good. That would actually fit for Sean McDonough, Mike Tirico action. Whoa, trouble with the snap. Leads it down the stretch. And then he just steps aside and the other guy comes in and does the rest. Yeah, that'd be great. That was mine. Golf. But not how you guys did. Golf. Not how you guys did or how good I'm getting. The PGA Championship. This is a major only podcast. We don't mess around with the John Deere's. Well, what about the the waste management's the Quicken Loans? We don't mess around with the Quicken Loans. It's in Detroit. We 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 do mess around with the Quicken Loans. We don't mess with that. We don't. Um, so as we did last time, and and some people out there have said like this might be the sharpest golf minds podcast when it comes to picking favorites or people to win um, in the country because our percentage was pretty high of finishing in the top 10. I don't think we, we didn't pick the winner, right? I don't think many no. people did. This one is in uh, I want Alex. Can you pronounce where is this at, where this is at? This the major? course. Yeah, I want to see if you can pronounce it. Yeah, or Evan. Evan, Evan has problems with announcing sometimes. <laughs> Pronounce it. the Kiwa island. island? It's at something. Yeah. Kiowa? Kalahari. Kiowa. <laughs> no, I think you got it right. Kiowa. I know how to say it. Kiowa? Yeah, but I just want to see if you can get it. Kind of mean thing. Kiowa Peninsula Island? Uh, I want to hear from Evan first. I want him to give us who he thinks uh, of his like favorite, your favorite, who, who's kind of chalky that you think will win this tournament. Chalk, basic chalk. Evan's going to go back to chalk. People are going to think I'm picking my master's pick again because I'm going back to the wishing well. I'm picking JT. Um, always a fan favorite. Always one of the betting odd favorites. Um, and I always think, you know, some some big names got to win it a tournament, and I feel like this could be it. So I'm picking JT. Great. Dustin Johnson. Mm. I think he looks awesome. I hate that pick. I think he looks awesome. He hits nice clubs, tailor-made, and I think he'll win. He's due. Right. Are you going to do what the people want you to do and what America wants you to do? Depends. What does America want me to do? America wants you to take the Rory McIlroy, who won at this place before seven so years ago, won recently last week, right? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, and is the hot name in golf as – he might be back. Similar to how Spieth got pumped up before the Masters. Who's, Spieth is still in the mix. So that could probably just be your wishing well pick again, like Evan. But the people want Roy McIlroy. Guy I'm taking is uh, he won a few weeks ago as well. Has been playing well. And it's Jordan Spieth. I'm going right back to my guy, Jordan Lame. Spieth. And I don't feel bad about it Master because case. when we picked last time, both my players finished in the top five, I believe, maybe top seven. So, oh, yeah. I think I have a right to pick him. And you do not. Unless you're picking Will Zalaporis here for your sleeper. Evan, sleeper pick. Hit us with Sleeper it. pick. All right, here we go. I did a little bit of research into it. I'm trying to pick people that either have played this course before, maybe sneaky, playing decent. Um, but I'm going with a Carolina boy. Not from South Carolina, but he's from North Carolina. 
from that area, hometown feel. I'm going Webb Simpson. Ooh. Wow. I haven't heard Webb's name. Probably one of the most boring guys on tour, but for some reason that name sounds like he could win a PGA championship. Yeah, sure. The Webb. Don't get caught in the web. Alex, I know it's me. No, it's you. My sleeper, Rory McIlroy. That's just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but his name needs to be said, so not him. My sleeper is a psychotic pick. Crazy. Lock me up for this pick because this guy does not win tournaments. His name's Tony Finau. Oh. He's great at coming in second place, but if you watch this guy golf, you're like, why hasn't he won like a big-time tournament yet? Well, he is this week. He's going to. Um, comes in at plus 4,000. Uh, it could be a little outdated number, but it's what I'm looking at. And that puts him in like a oh, sleeper, like a mid-tier. But I'm kind of him as a sleeper. I'm not getting crazy. Oh, Webson's in plus 4,200. So they're about about that same range. So those kind of guys. Um, but yeah, Tony Fina. I don't feel great about any of my uh, potential sleeper picks. But I'm Good going to, start. to go with a... I just don't know this course enough. Like you know, I know Augusta, obviously, they play there every year. But I'm going to go with Abraham Answer. Mm, the answer. He's AI. never won on the PGA Tour, but he is ranked 19th in the world. He has 50 to 1 odds, so he has great oh. odds. Four second-place finishes this year, and I think he's got a chance. He got bullied by uh, Tiger Woods in the Presidents' He did. Show. He did. He's a little guy too, five foot seven. Spanish, right? Nope, Mexico. He's from Mexico, and he played at the University of Oklahoma. But uh, let's go with Abraham this week as the sleeper. So my big, big sleeper was Cam Champ at one twenty-five to one. Oh, I love sprinkling that. I do not have a hand up. I don't have a first round leader sleeper pick. Um, but you can't go wrong riding Mark Leishman for the first round. I have a first round sleeper pick. Okay, Will Zalatoris, the Zally man. Come on. What if he was just a one hit wonder? He's not. He's played well recently. I just hope for good golf. Me too. Watch out for Brooks this week. Last last segment here, topic, quick questions. And I write quick because this first question, we could probably talk about for hours, really. But we'll try to we'll, – we'll break down this first question. I do – this is something I always do. I've noticed that I just like preface the question or what I'm going to say for so long before actually saying it. So I'm just going to say it. I'm going to get better at that. What is your favorite play of when, favorite in quotes, of when the lines got screwed over by the refs? And yes, this is going to be quick, but we will dive into this topic in a later episode when we just go into the um, full encyclopedia history of the Lions getting bad calls from the refs. But for this one, listener question, we just thought we'd get it out. Who feels passionate? I want to go first. I want to go first so I don't get mine stolen. That's what I like. I'm going uh, <laughs> Calvin Johnson versus the Bears. No, the uh, Did not complete the process. Can we dive in just a little bit? Explain why I picked this? Yes. Yeah, okay, so it. why I picked this. This is the reason why people still to this day don't know what's a catch in the NFL. Yeah. This is the domino that fell first. The Hall of Fame wide receiver, one of the best of all time. They said he didn't complete the process on a late jump ball. Ball touched the ground, but he was in the end zone already. But the ball t- crosses the plane, still counts as a touchdown. Um, that is my favorite play because it started a phenomenon of what is a catch in the NFL. It really did. And start, it was kind of one of the first ones of our life. It was the first one of our life of the Lions really getting um, 
a bad call against them. Snowball effect, they would say. Alex, go ahead. I'll even take mine. And but if you do, I don't know what There's do. a million of these. So I'm going to try not to go to, like, the obvious chalk ones. Mine's when the Dallas Cowboys defender ran through Brandon Pettigrew in the playoff game. And they didn't call it. And, well, they did call it. And then Des Bryant ran in the field with no helmet on. And then they <laughs> decided not to call it. And didn't flag him for running out of the field. And we lost. Mine is on Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks when Bobby Wagner smacks the ball out of the back of the end zone. Calvin Johnson related again. Two yeah. or three. Kind of rule, rule Did that game matter in hindsight? Maybe not, but it was just another classic Lions blown call on national TV where all of America gets to see them get screwed, and I was pretty pissed off about it. An honorable mention for me is the Packers Monday night game. There's so many honorable mentions. It's stupid. I should have said my personal favorite one that makes me laugh, but it didn't affect me nearly as much. I didn't get as mad because the playoff one was um, the year they decided that that they first decided you couldn't challenge touchdown plays. And on Thanksgiving, the Houston uh, Texans runner was clearly down and got back up and ran for an 80-yard touchdown. And Schwartz just like – I don't even blame Schwartz because it was a brand-new rule and he was mad. He threw his challenge flag. And instead of just saying, no, you don't need to use that, we'll review it ourselves, they said because you threw your challenge flag, we no longer are going to even review it. And they got the touchdown even though he was still clearly down and everyone saw it on Thanksgiving. That one really felt like like a knife through the chest. Like you couldn't have just still reviewed it. Like you, your ego got hurt so bad that we threw our flag on accident. What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> just get the call right. It doesn't matter if we threw our flag or not. So, but one day we will go down a breakdown, a full a full oral history of lines just getting bad calls. And this last one, shout out to uh, anonymous question submitter Weinblatt for this one. <laughs> He wants to know, because this was one of most, probably the most creative one we've gotten by far. If you or we were to order a, quote, shot of Michigan sports at the bar, which I love just envisioning one day. Like, we need to work on that somehow. How can we get our own shot where people go up to Muck's Pub in Tecumseh and go, I'll take a shot of Michigan sports. <laughs> but the question is, if you did that to a bartender, what would you expect that shot to be? My brain is scrambling like eggs for this answer. And Alex is shaking and said no. Like he, he's like that kid in class who does Don't not want to be called on call right me. now because he didn't study for the test. I just I've been thinking and it's just tough. It's hard. Evan looks kind of eager, so I'm gonna go to him. All right, here we go. I did some research. I did some background. Alex proposed this question from the listener last night at golf, and it's been on my head for a lot recently. Um so shot in Michigan Sports shot created by Evan Cadmus. Here we go. Blue Label Gin. It is a uh, out of the Red Cedar Spirits Distillery in East Lansing, Michigan, and they have a gin. Um, it's raspberry flavored. I know they're going to say it's fruity, but wait, give, give me a second to explain give, why. Give them a second. So raspberry gin. It's going to be topped with Fago Red Pop. Fago is also yes. made in Michigan. Yep. And I think the red is going to like stand out. People are going to be like, oh, what's that drink? You know, there's a couple of sports teams with red in the red in their color scheme. And then to top it off with a little garnish, we're going to have a little Michigan cherry on top. And that is my shot of Michigan sports shot. God, that sounds delicious. The red, the cherry from right off Traverse City, the Fago, the gin. Yeah, that's a, that's a great summertime drink too. Mine is going to be, and we can refine it over the years. 
Mine's going to be gross. That's the only fan your butts. It's not going to be a good combination. But it's Michigan. Because Michigan's not the prettiest state oh, in terms of like that's the, the city of Detroit. I would say the state of Michigan actually is very pretty overall, especially in the summertime. Go up north sometime. But we're more of a gritty blue-collar city. This is not This is kind of that, that shot. So you're, it's going to be um, one half. So a half of Bell's Brewery Oberon. You're going to get a little Oberon beer in there. Okay. Half of it. It's a great beer. Lovely. A little, kind of like a little citrusy orange flavor. Always serve them with an orange. They taste great. And then you're finishing off the other half with some Fireball. You're just going to get after it. You're going to put those two together. They're probably not going to taste very good. You're going to rip that back. Then you're going to have one last, one last piece. Similar to how the tequila shot has the salt and the lime. This shot is chased with a sh- another shot of Verner's. And that's how you're going to take down the shot of Michigan sports. And you're probably going to cough at the very end because Verner's always makes you cough on the first sip. So it'll be great. Especially post-pandemic, people will be yakking up lungs at the bar. So let's for you, mine... Let's see if you copied off someone for the answer to the test. <laughs> uh, right before... Uh, I, I came up with this about three minutes ago. Okay. I googled toughest shots. Because I think, you know, the culture of Michigan sports fans... And Dan Campbell. And Dan Campbell are tough. So then I was scrolling through this list, and the silver bullet caught my eye because of, you know, it just sounds tough, mean. So my shot will consist of half gin, a quarter of scotch, so, you know, some grunge there, and then a quarter of fireball topped with an orange slice. Well, that the orange slice represents the Detroit Tigers, you know, because it's orange. Beautiful symbolism. So, you know, a little garnishment with the orange and you're just going to have a nice tough shot that'll do the job, if you know what I mean. Yeah, there's like no, there's no let up in that shot. It's all just, nope, just tough liquor. Hard nosed fan base shot right there. That is aggressive. The silver bullet <laughs> with some fireball in it. If I had to pick one to drink, I'm picking Evans, no doubt. Yeah. I originally tried to do something with all the colors. But, but you can't see colors, so that really wouldn't... I'm color deficient, it's so it is, it's difficult. Yeah. You could have gone there. Is that funny to you? You could have gone... You like making fun of people who can't see colors. You could have gone the like basic round, but I'll just take a shot of uh, podcast logo. You know, just give me all the sports. Would have been super That would have been cheesy. super dumb. Yeah, I would have made fun of you. But and I would not have answered the question, because how are you going to order a fictional drink? Well, you could you're not. Made, you could have made the colors like that. No, you're not. Well, right now it is a fictional drink. No, I can order mine. And our homework is you can the, order any of our homework is the next bar we go to. We have to go up to the bartender and say, "I want a shot of Michigan sports and see what kind of looks we get back." Just see what they give us. Go create and they go, you a know shot what? of Michigan sports. We don't have that, but I love that podcast. It's so informative. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for the number one podcast in the world. All right, what do you guys say we close this puppy out? With what? Following our social accounts. Mm. They're at Shot of MS. I love how both of you guys just like, yeah, it's like a load off. Like, we're, all right, <laughs> we check out once you start talking about this. I would too. At Shot of but the people won't because you're like, all right. And well, the people should be grateful that we don't. So a lot of podcasts put like the plugs for the show and ads throughout. They put the, they put the follow, subscribe at the beginning. We give you the information right away, and we wait till the very end when you're probably done listening for this stuff. But we have to get it out there because how are we going to grow? So add a shot of MS for 
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Shoutout Michigan Sports for TikTok, uh, shoutoutmichigansports at gmail.com for email. Uh, you can listen to this on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and please um, subscribe, rate, and review whatever platform you're on. Share the link to the podcast, wherever you prefer to listen to it with a friend. Um, discuss what you thought. Let us know what the real shot of Michigan sports would be at the bar, because clearly um, we could have came up with a little bit more creative options at some point. And then questions, as you saw there, fun little segment there at the end of a listener submitted questions, and we'll do our best to answer them. So please, whenever you want, um, send in any DMs, the glasses, send in any DMs, uh, emails, comment around the post if you want people to see your name as a question. And like we said, we'll keep people anonymous um, on the show with the questions so you can get as like personal, out there, crazy as you want, and we will just leave your name out. No one will know it came from you. So don't worry about any of that. And also, I want to clarify, because I saw this stat the other day, or like comment, it seems like a lot of people don't like 100% know that subscribing to things on Apple and YouTube, like it's free, there's no money involved. Because usually, when you hear subscription, you think, oh, I have to pay money. It's free to subscribe to the podcast on, on Apple and YouTube. You don't get charged anything, and Spotify. So please do so. There's really no harm in it. Other than it gets downloaded to your phone, and if you're going to listen to it, you're going to listen to it anyway, so you might as well have it there. So, uh, And it's free to leave reviews and all that stuff, too. So please do so. And that means we're cheersing. I have a little bit of alcohol left, so I will not jinx myself here. Cheers to uh, episode 21, and more importantly, my cheers, individual cheers, will be to Michigan beating Washington on primetime football in the fall on ABC. What are you cheering to, Alex? Cheers to hope. Cheers to the big bowl of ice cream I'm about to down in 30 minutes. Oh, cheers to that. You know what? I'm going to the store.